Oi, tudo bem? This is Brazuca Sounds, hosted and produced by Leandro Vignoli. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome to Brazuca Sounds. You can follow us on Instagram as Brazuca Sounds. We are also on Spotify. You can listen to those songs on the playlist soundtrack Brazuca Sounds. We now also have a subscriber option at patreon.com slash Brazuca Sounds. So much to everybody subscribing to this so far. This episode is going to be about the Brazilian Melted Records. What does that even mean? I mentioned in Brazuca Sounds a couple episodes ago when I talked about Secos e Molhados debut album. Crazy phenomena. 300,000 albums sold in only two months in Brazil. The label had no more records to sell. So if you remember, I mentioned the many LPs of the record label Continental Catalog were melted in order to press them into a Secos e Molhados LP. That's what this episode is about today. We're going to talk about some of those records, the melted records of Continental. So Arthur Verocai record was released in December 1972, and after 10 months, it was selling nothing, right? Verocai never released an album again for three decades, went to work in advertising, producing jingles. By the way, there is a bonus episode for subscribers about his song, Na Boca do Sol, patreon.com slash Sounds. Every subscriber has access to this episode. So, back to our story here. While it's factually hard to prove which albums were in fact melted in order to produce new raw material and then press more Secos e Molhados records, it's very well documented that Artur Verocai albums were taken out of circulation. The record label decided not to distribute any longer due to the lack of sales. So it leads us to speculate if they were possibly melted. Again, something not 100% confirmed by the label at the time or later, although he has a very good story. Absolutely part of music folklore in Brazil as well, so we're gonna extend and speculate here even more five other great albums from Continental that were possibly melted, starting with this other maestro arranger Although he's not from Rio, he's from São Paulo. And we're talking about Areton Salvanini. Thank you. 
So this is Areton Salvanini and his debut, SP73. SP stands for São Paulo, where he was from. Areton, by the way, is a very particular name, not very common in Brazil. I never heard it before, other than the composer and maestro here. He composes every song on the record, like Artur Verocai. He had carte blanche from the record label to use big orchestrations, two cellos, four violas, eight violins, plus the trombone, clarinet, sax, trumpet, French horn, flute, harp. It's a lot of stuff going on. Eraton himself conducted the orchestra. He also sings in the record, plays the piano, the organ. Uh, and like Artur Verocai, has a big of a cult following in recent years. This record here, it was reissued by Mr. Bongo record label. But unlike Verokai though, this record here is way more erudite, if you will. Normally you find it on the jazz section on record stores. In the background is the song called So, meaning alone. Salvanini really mastering the piano, big strings arrangements. The song has 5 million plays on Spotify, most likely because it's one of those mood playlists or whatever they call it. Every song on this record has this more classical, erudite vibe, but there are exceptions though. Does not sound like an exception so far, but 50 seconds in, the song switches the mood. Comes this banger with a funk and soul atmosphere, a lot of percussion going on. It is the track number seven, Primitivo. Like Artur Verocai, he also made his transition to advertising. Era Tom Salvanini, producing thousands of jingles for radio and TV in Brazil in the 1970s and 1980s. But, unlike Arthur Verocai, he released other albums in the 1970s as well. And unlike Verocai, he sings also way more on this record here. Que a porta se abrisse e você entrasse. So every song uh, Areton sings is 
melancholy, introspective. His brother Ayrton is heavily involved in his work and on this record, he pretty much writes all the lyrics. Areton Savanini composing all the songs, which is also pretty much like the Arthur Verokai record, right? Verokai, it is the composer, but the lyricist is mostly Vitor Martins on that album. This record here is a phenomenal work, and unlike Verokai, did not reach the grace of the hip-hop sampling, although it's also masterly produced and orchestrated in every single aspect. Uh, Sunday morning kind of record with a hangover, there's nothing better, dropped from the label right after. At the same time, Areton also took the role of musical director of a music TV show in Brazil called Misturação, not only mainstream, but also alternative groups like Pessoal do Ceará, Walter Franco. Areton was responsible for creating the arrangements and conducting these artists' music performances on the TV show. Uh, so when it came time for Walter Franco that I just mentioned to release his own album, uh, Walter Franco decided to name the song opener after that TV show. Misturação Walter Frank was also from São Paulo, in his case the capital, he was from the avant-garde scene, very much influenced by concrete poetry, his lyrics more than their meaning, it was really about structure and the format, they are short, repetitive, nonsensical many times. Eu quero que se afeto sai. Eu quero que se teto cai. Eu quero que se afeto sai. This first album here is called Oh No or Not is a landmark of experimentalism in Brazilian music. Rogério Dupra, it is the producer, the conductor, identified with the Tropicale movement more. And even the way Walter Franco sings in this record, he was also not very conventional. So a lot of screaming and sometimes using his voice as some kind of a backup instrument as well. So at the time, Walter Franco was heavily more involved with the poet seen in Sao Paulo more than musicians. He was even once introduced to Tom Zé and they asked Walter Franco what was his influences if he was too much into John Cage, which Walter Franco responded, I never heard about him. All I do is to use my intuition to create the songs. <laughs> Me 
So as you can notice, it's like Tonze on asteroids. He doubles down on weirdness and experimentation. As I said already, influenced by concrete poetry, songs with something of psychedelia. It's a bit of a coexistence between complex sounds by nature, but all made with very simple instrumentation. The acoustic guitar, an occasional bass, percussion and that's it it is minimalistic to the core on the background now is the song Mideshi Mudo Make Me Dump in the context of uh, a speechless person it's like a six and a half minute song with a sort of a crescendo. Walter Franco never quite had the media approval, but he had the attention of many other musicians in Brazil. Big fan was Caetano Veloso that once when an interview said this about Walter Franco and this record, Ali Murphy is going to read for us. The album with the fly on the cover was something that I saw as far superior to my album Arasa Azul. It is an aesthetic concentration that Brazil should not take out of focus. The record cover of this album here is also very iconic, somewhat controversial, minimalistic to the core. It is just a white cover with a fly in the center. Center. It really does look like a real fly, by the way, not a picture. No name, no nothing, and on the back over the album title, and that's all. Oh no, oh no, is even an expression that was popularized by Caetano later on on his career. It means one person contradicting oneself, right? It was too experimental for the Brazilian audience at the time. So this is really not an album for everybody or for every moment. Every time I go back to it I cannot help myself and find it as spectacular and before we transition into our next album here I even gonna play my favorite song from this album on its entirety it's only 40 seconds Água e sal Calma Muita calma Lava o rosto e a alma Água e sal Brazuca Sounds has now a paid subscription option. So access now patreon.com slash brazuca sounds to get all the details. Don't worry, we will always have a free monthly episode. However, with a paid subscription, you can listen to bonus episodes focused on songs exclusively. There are two songs published for free on Patreon. The paid subscription also gives you exclusive mixtapes and an album recommendation every Friday. If you can't support financially, that's fine. It also helps if you sign up with a free membership. That way, you receive all updates in your inbox. So check it out at patreon.com slash Brazuca Sounds.
campos mesmo em terra Em terras tropicais americanas, tropicais americanas, tropicais americanas We already playing a different record, the group O Pessoal do Ceará, and their debut and only record, Meu Corpo Minha Embalagem, Todo Gasto na Viagem, and technically they were not even a group, but individual artists grouped together in the same album. Pessoal do Ceará was an informal name to describe them, so they were the people from Ceará, this state in the northeast of Brazil is like somebody calling a group of Canadian artists folks from Canada or lads from Newcastle. That was the name of the group more or less. Song on the background is Cavalo Ferro, famously written by Fagner, who was not part of the group, but he was from the state of Ceará. And all the vocal harmonies here are from the group Ednardo, Roger Rogério and Tetti. Montado num cavalo ferro Vivi campos verdes, me enterro Em terras tropicais americanas Tropicais americanas, tropicais americanas E no meio de tudo Roger and Tetsi, by the way, they were a married couple. They were already parents of two kids. Roger was like a physics professor at the University of Sao Paulo. Wife Tetsi, she was somewhat kind of the superstar of the group because of her voice and whatnot. So this is Tetsi singing here, pretty voice, pretty face, you know how it goes. It is a superb album of good songs, lyrics, fantastic arrangements, but its importance, it is because of the participation of Ednardo on this record. Here was literally his first album, he was only 27, Ednardo really had a big solo career on his own, later his songs on the album are clearly better songs than the rest of the group. Beira-mar Entre luzes que lhe escondem Só sorrisos me respondem Que eu me perco de você Que eu me perco de você So there's this deep psychedelic folk seminal orchestrations arranged by Maestro Areton Salvanini. And like many of the Areton Salvanini songs that we were discussing before, this song here also there is a switching in the atmosphere of the vibe around two minutes in. Viva o som, velocidade Forte praia, minha cidade Só o meu grito nega os quatro ventos 
perfect song, unfortunately very obscured because of the circumstances of the album. Album cover is almost bland. Meu corpo, minha embalagem, todo gasto na viagem, meaning my body, my package beaten up from the trip. That's the only thing that you can see on the album cover. Very conceptual, no name of the group. As I explained before, the biggest hit of the album ended up being the song Ingazeras. So this record obviously did not really sell, right? It was taken out of the shelves, the whole drill. Ironically, it was reissued twice since, always with different names, in 1976, three years later, as Ednardo e o Pessoal do Ceará, and then as Ingazeiras, the name of the song in the background, first time to capitalize on Ednardo mega hit album released a year later, so his name was now on the cover of this one here, and the song Ingazeiras was a later national hit on a soap opera in Brazil. The song was a homage to painter, illustrator, Aldemir Martins, seminal artist, also from that very same state of Ceará. And we're gonna continue now talking about more melted records from Continental. Now we transition to a more rock and roll, psychedelic, progressive rock vibe with the trio O Terço. So think about Iron Butterfly meet Os Mutantes with more grease to it, some kind of psychedelic folk reminiscent of Tropicalia. That is O Terço, this funky acid rock with fuzzy electric guitars. It is a Brazilian band, but O Terço was really more on the realm of exploring what's happening outside Brazil in terms of rock and roll, psychedelia, progressive rock. This is actually their second LP and the second one for a different label. Here is the Continental, obviously, and they dropped the O in their name for this record here. So instead of O Terço, it was now just Terço, which means a rosary. Around Around 1972, also before this record here, O Terço was the backup band on Marcos Valle and his record Vento Sul. Sou 
of this song here is this Estrada Vazia, the Empty Road. The drummer is the lead singer on the song, Vinicius Cantuaria. Such a prog rock move, having the drummer as their lead vocalist. Vinicius Cantuaria, by the way, left the band right after recording this album here. He went to play for Caetano Veloso for so many years. But elsewhere in the record, the band leader and the lead singer is actually Sergio Hinds only permanent member of O Terço, obviously plays the guitar, unlike the debut record where he was the bassist. This is one of the best songs on the album, the opener Deus, that means God. And that's a review on Instagram by record collector Estefan and his Instagram account, Plastic Palace Person. That's why he says about this record here, quote unquote, this record is a wild ride and is really a tale of two sides. Side A, heart-changing rockers, while side B, explore the band Folk Jones, while also exploring some futuristic protectors fast and ferocious opener this track in the background Deus eventually goes into a mid-tempo stomp with wild organ and searing guitar and showcases band versatility perfectly So that's a good summary of the whole record. Unfortunately, Otirso was a commercial failure, perhaps also because, unlike other rock bands in Brazil at the same year, Secos e Molhados, Raul Seixas, Novos Baianos, uh, all blending Brazilian music and rock and roll, right? Otirso was more of a straight American hard rock slash British prog influenced combination a little too ahead of their time at least there in Brazil So the second half of the album here it is 19 minutes divided right by many different suits as i said i guess four or five of them plays through a variety of styles more spacey we can definitely classify this as progressive rock big big synthesizers provided by luis paulo simas just as a trivia has been said was the guy responsible to introduce synthesizer in Brazilian music because he was the first one to actually own the instrument and that was his synthesizer on the Arthur Verocai album that I mentioned already right after Terço recorded this album they left the label right because of all the circumstances I've been explaining here over and over and they signed 
with the underground, then a subsidiary of Copacabana label. And by the way, I also made a special about that label, consequently, about a little bit of Otirso other records in the Brazuca Sounds number nine, the third and fourth records. Then we're gonna finish it off now with a completely different vibe, more Afro-Brazilian influences, and my favorite record of today, Paulo Bagunça e a Tropa Maldita. There's no much information available on the internet about this guy, Paulo Bagunza, and his ensemble, A Tropa Maldita, but I found an article from 1973 in the same page that I was researching about Raul Seixas for a different episode, so I saved it for this one here. There's a little feature about Paulo Bagunza, and that's how it starts the feature. Quote-unquote, a lifeguard in Rio for more than five years, Paulo Bagunza plays his guitar in a small room with no radio or any other home appliance. His songs are influenced by his origins, but also why he has been listening to from abroad like the Beatles. And however many bands their reviewers attribute it as influence of Paulo Bagunza, uh, bands like Traffic, Rich Haven, Santana, etc., Paulo Bagunza always dismissed all that as unintentional because, quote-unquote, we didn't listen to any of these because we didn't have money to buy those records. So, Paulo Bagunza lived in a co-op building in a Rio favela, a place at the time called the Carioca Harlem. And by the way, he proceeds to cite Jorge Ben as his main influence is very obvious, although it really does not sound like a caricature, quite the opposite. It's very unique, his approach to blending this is straightforward African-Brazilian tunes with some sort of unintentional or not Sgt. Pepper's type of psychedelia. band leader was Paulo Bagunza on the guitar, but we also have Macau in the percussion. Macau is famous for writing the mega hit Olhos Coloridos in the 1980s, performed by Sandra de Sá, The Colorful Eyes. The name of this song here is Olhos Risonhos, The Smiley Eyes. And this is 
what Paulo Bagunça had to say about the album on that same feature of that same newspaper that I mentioned before. If the album is good or not, I don't know. The children like it a lot. Adults are more suspicious, but some are getting into it as well. It's hard to please everybody and to stand out, you know? The group Secos y Moleados is making so much money because their manager is probably a genius. That is what we lack too. Children like it a lot and this should be all that it matters. So a little bit of a dish on the Secos y Moleados too, right? Which is more or less the whole theme of this show here. Uh, the idea that the record label had to melt other albums to make room for Secos y Moleados sell even more. Marketing their work, it is the biggest problem of Paulo Bagunça. And they kind of had a small hit though, playing on the radios and such. The song Cristina... Paulo Bagunça here is probably trying to capitalize on Tim Maia's success. Cristina is not the same song, but it has the same name. But all songs on the record were written by Paulo Bagunça, mainly co-written with his bandmate Macau. But this one in particular was co-written with Jamil Joannes, the bassist of later fame with the Banda Black Hill. We could even argue this record here, it was some kind of a precursor of Banda Black Hill. Again, in that same article, they mentioned the new songs will be recorded for a new album. Well, that never happened. Uh, Paulo Bagunça didn't record anymore, ended up actually working as a roadie for Team Maia, who is the godfather of one of his three children. Paulo Bagunça is no longer with us. He died in 2015 at the age of 72. Uh, and this record here is so, so fabulous, ranging from Jorge Band to British rock, including Afro percussion, jazz grooves. Obviously, this record was rediscovered by crate diggers, DJs, etc. Sounds super fresh and modern. And that pretty much summarizes our episode about the melted records in Brazil. Just before we go, we're going to play just one more song from a different band, a different album. The name of this group is Grupo Capote, and they were pretty much the backup band of Tom Zé. So every single record that Tom Zé ever released on the Continental record label, it was with these guys here. The full album is a little bit tricky, not every song is good. These on the background, though, it became a huge part of Brazilian folklore. In the beginning of the 1980s, these two guys redubbed like a Batman episode, those Batman with Adam West. They redubbed every single dialogue there to set up a different story on what was actually happening on the episode. A lot of sexual innuendo. Believe me, it is really funny and that ended up being one day just published on the beginning of the YouTube and that probably became the very first huge meme and what the song has anything to do with it they start playing this song which is named Feira da Fruta, Feira da Fruta. 
There really sounds like filho da puta, which is son of a bitch. And the repetition, this name, Feira da Fruta, really, really makes that episode a comedic classic. If you're listening to me and if you are Brazilian, I am certain you know what I'm talking about. And if you didn't even know that song was actually a real song, here it is. Grupo Capote. Thank you so much for listening to it. I need to remind you one more time now we are available with a paid subscription option. Patreon.com slash Brazuca Sounds. Thank you, Ali Murphy, for all her vocal contributions. See you next time. Bye-bye. This was Brazuca Sounds with Leandro Vignoli. Thank you for listening and see you next time. Mm-hmm.